Welcome back to another Let's Talk version with the one and only Daniel Malkin. How's it going, Dan? Hey, there, buddy. Thank you so much for the intro. Just means a lot to me to be here with you talking about great topics. Pretty excited, pretty happy, and more importantly, so glad to be here with the one and only Julio LJ. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. And today we are talking about how one handles criticism. Now, it, it happens often. You receive criticism, you fuck up, you do something wrong or bad or whatever, and people criticize you, either in good faith or otherwise. Now, there are those two types for, for the most part. Like somebody criticizes you, either for, like it's actually there's no reason to criticize or something. There is some, but they're essentially trying to attack you. That's not coming from a good place. You know what I mean? So, so sometimes um, some, some people are just bitter. Um, that's, that's that's one type of criticism. And there's another one that there's a loved one or a person that cares about you and cares about your performance. And they're like, uh, buddy, this is this is going to cost you something, whatever. So there. Are th so I wanted to make the distinction early on so we're not confusing ourselves. Uh, do, do you agree with that? There, is there any other types of criticism that you're thinking of? Well, you actually made, made a great point here because ultimately criticism is uh, – we, we have generally two major types of criticism. Mm -hmm the ones that are called constructive criticisms and the ones that are destructive, as you pointed out yourself. And uh, constructive ones uh, predominantly are about uh, someone who really cares about you, but he or she believes that there's something wrong that you can actually do something about, right? Mm -hmm. uh, whereas destructive criticism is simply meant to offend you, uh, to hurt you, or simply imply some form of hostility. Because of this, uh, I really believe that we, uh, when it comes to dealing with uh, any type of person, we should first understand, is this person uh, basically doing this because uh, he's a friend or a foe? Is this coming from, let's say, I want to hurt you or I want to help you, right? And I think that's the major approach because uh, dealing with different types of criticisms requires us to first know who is the person who is criticizing. That's the first point. And of course, after that, it's not, you know, maybe the person really cares about you. And this criticism is actually quite uh, basically uh, constructive. But maybe the person really is not qualified to give you that criticism, right? Which is why the second element of dealing with criticism, from my perspective, is about knowing who the person who is criticizing you is and whether or not he or she is qualified to make a criticism. Why is that? Because, you know, I really believe that criticizing Sometimes I mean, if, if we see people that are doing things differently than we do or they have different opinions, then, of course, we tend to feel like, all right, I should criticize that person because everyone has a tendency, uh, you know, to criticize. And they're, they're, they say there's, a, you know, uh, this huge global tendency to just give advices to people. And, of course, there's also a global tendency to ignore those very same advices. The same thing goes with criticism in that people generally, when they see you are doing things differently, they have a natural tendency to say, like, wait, wait a minute, what, what are you doing? This like, this makes no sense, right? And because of this, you, you should first ask yourself, is this person coming from a friendly position with, with a genuine desire to uh, basically help me? Or is this just a, you know, a form of destructive criticism? And secondly, is this person qualified to criticize and uh, obviously, when it comes to you know knowing whether or not the person is qualified, the key question is this: uh, Will I change place with that person? If the answer is no, then I personally prefer to ignore those criticisms because if someone is criticizing you, then that person is uh, judging your behavior with their own belief systems and ideologies, 
And if they are not the kind of person that you want to, you know, change place with, it is you look at their lives, you look at their lifestyles, and like, guess what? I, I really love that stuff. So imagine someone that I really admire or I want to be like someday says, Daniel, you should not be doing this. I'd be damn sure be listening. Why? Because I know that if I want to get the same results, I better follow and imitate his behavior or his belief system. And in that condition, I would get the same results. So when he tells me, Dan, this is not the right way to do it. He's saying that based upon his experience and his belief system and his values and his way of thinking. And if I want to get the same result that he has gotten, I better copy and emulate what he said. And in this case, of course, I will listen. However, if the person says, listen, Dan, you're taking so many risks with your business at this young age. And I say, okay, who's this guy? Well, he's a retired person who has never had a business, worked for the government his entire life and probably doesn't have a lot of ambitious goals or plans. So I say, well, if I want to be like him, I should actually do what he says. But if I don't want to be like him, then I must, I owe it to myself to ignore his or her criticism, because otherwise, if I do things the way he or she thinks are proper, I will get the exact same results, which is why I believe that these two elements, knowing whether or not this criticism is constructive or destructive, or the person is qualified to give you that criticism are both important. Once we've taken, you know, taken into account both elements, it becomes a lot easier to make decisions to w whether or not to go with this criticism or simply ignore it. Right, right. Um, that's 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 great. Now, okay, so there are these distinctions, and you mentioned them. Now, there is also the notion that um, how to. So you receive this criticism. Let's say from the ones that you don't want to ignore, you want to pay attention to. Now, how do you actually receive it? Meaning. Do you get upset? Do you do you get defensive? Do you get I mean obviously these are not the ways to go and there's an obvious way. But it's easy said easier said than done, meaning it's easy to say okay, you shouldn't get defensive, you should actually internalize it blah blah blah. First of all, like yeah, first of all, what should one do? And second of all, how do you practice that? Because again, what, there's one thing to say okay, you should do this, and that's so easy to say and everybody would agree with you, but then you go into practice and then you're doing it something entirely different. So That's how, right. how do you internalize that? And how do you make it so, happen? Very good question. I'm going to start with the first part. And you said how to react, uh, basically, when you hear the criticism. Uh, number one, uh, you want to ask yourself, what is my purpose in each and every interaction, right? So earlier we mentioned there are two elements. That is, in this case and scenario, there are a total of four possibilities. It's simple mathematics. So either this is a basically destructive criticism coming uh, from someone who is qualified, whether it is a destructive person that comes from someone who is not qualified, whether it's a constructive person that comes from somebody who is qualified, or it is a constructive person that comes from somebody who is not qualified, which means anytime you have, you receive a criticism, you need to do one of these four things, depending on which one do you think these four pieces are, right? So let's go through all four one by one. First, the most common one, Let's say this criticism comes from someone who is a hater. Let's say somebody who's uh, trying to hurt you or something. And that person is also not qualified. Because if he was qualified, he wouldn't be a hater. He would just go and make his, his life better. So in this case, uh, you understand that this person has one aim and one aim only, and that is to hurt you. And guess what? What is the best way, do you think, to uh, respond to a destructive criticism by someone that you know wants to hate you or uh, well, that wants to hurt you? Well, I would just ignore it. There's no time well, or energy. <laughs> that's right. Ignoring is a great idea. But what I like even more than ignoring is to actually uh, take that as a compliment. 
Like, huh. for example, uh, when a uh, when a, a person tells me, for example, like again, you're doing this and this and this and that. Like, oh well, thank you. I'm I'm glad you noticed. Wow, <laughs> okay. I'm so glad. Thank you. <laughs> Why is that? Because you're literally turning it around here, right? right. And the person's like, no, this I meant to hurt you, not I meant to right. offend you, not to make you. Why? Because uh, somebody who's giving you a destructive criticism, his or her aim is one thing: to bring down your mood. Mm. So you want to do the exact opposite. You want to use that as a leverage to uh, show him or her that you're actually getting happier because of his criticism. So one way is to turn it around. And one way is, of course, to use humor, to use it as a humor and to cheer things up, right? Because that's the exact opposite of the aim of a hater, right? So let's say that uh, you know destructive advice, basic criticism comes from someone who is basically uh, qualified. This person is really qualified. He knows his stuff, but you know the intentions are not there to help you. Let's say a boss who's got upset about you and now is giving you a bad criticism. Well, you know that he knows his stuff, but you also know that this guy is coming from a very, you know, uh, uh, point of view that is rather uh, uh, full of animosity. So mm -hmm. in this case, I prefer because I know that, you know, the, uh, the, somehow the uh, criticism is real and right. But the person who wants to somehow get to you in that case, I actually use the exact same strategy. That is. I either turn it around, make a joke about it, and pretend that it doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. But later, I will actually listen and think about that criticism. Mm -hmm. Because that will then allow me to say, well, what if he's actually right? And I start to think about it, right? So, But not at that moment. Because when you're with someone who wants to give you a destructive criticism, you, what, you should never, ever either get upset or, no, I don't think so. This is like the worst thing you can possibly do, right? So... When the person is giving you a destructive criticism, your only response is to be non-reactive, cool, and even turn it around and say like, oh, we're having fun because of this, right? This way, you will simply neutralize uh, his or her basically vicious uh, plan. However, if that person is, you know, let's just say that person already knows his stuff, but he's giving you that person not because he cares about you or because he wants to bring you down. Mm -hmm. At that time, you pretend that you ignore it. You don't care about it. Like, you just make fun of it. But then after you're, you know, alone by yourself, you actually start pondering and thinking, dude, what if he's right? Well, I don't think about this, right? Because this guy knows his stuff, right? Now, the third option, which is our most oh, favorite oh, option. Oh, oh, hold on, hold on one second. So right. I'm, I'm trying to make sure that, that, that I got this right. So this right. is, so th these two shouldn't be mutually exclusive. Being a, so the, the, the criticism being destructive and having some merit. These two can happen at the same time. It could of be course, something course, that is valuable, but set the wrong way. Of course, of gotcha. course, because sometimes I really know that you're, for example, let's say, I'll give it a simple, because, you know, we're talking here right now. A lot of our listeners probably are from around the world and they're learning yeah. English, for example, right? Okay. Uh, let's say as a teacher, you make a mistake, for example. Let's say, uh, uh, I'll give you a great example of an advice or a criticism that is legitimate, but it's coming from a bad point of view, would, mm. uh, come from somebody who is uh, trying to you know, bring you down. Let's say you are trying to improve, for example, uh, uh, let's say you're a, I don't know, a Chinese immigrant to Canada and you want to improve your English. And then your teacher tells you, for example, all right, say, for example, utilitarianism. And then he was like, he's like making fun of you, right? Like, say utilitarianism, you idiot. So right. in this case, the person is giving you a right uh, criticism, like you are, you have problem but he's making fun of you while doing so, for example, right? This is a great example of giving you a legitimate criticism, but from a wrong angle, from a wrong point of view, right? This is one example. So it is possible to have that actually, and it does happen. But in that case, if you find yourself in that situation, then you should first get away from that person. But later, please 
work on the proper pronunciation of utilitarianism. Right. No, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, sorry, continue. So that's there's right. a third so option you were saying. The, that's right. Now the other two, which are our favorites, uh, and they happen, of course, quite a lot. Uh, that's one of the great things about the, you know human nature. For whatever bad things there's in the world, there's always good stuff as well. And this is the type of person that comes from somebody who really cares about you. So this is a constructive criticism. And the most common type, of course, is a constructive criticism from someone who is not qualified. Let's say, for example, your mommy or your daddy, who's never run a business, says, Damn, come on, Dan, come on, Puya, come on, John, come on, Tom, why are you running a business? Go get a degree, get a job, have a safe life, man. Right. So this person cares about you. Mm -hmm. He's your father, he's your, she's your mother, they love you, right? But they're saying that because they want you to be safe However, they're not qualified for making that kind of statement because they've never been an entrepreneur themselves. They never run a business, so they cannot have the you know the uh, you know the background required to make such criticisms. Now, in that case, obviously, it is far superior to simply be polite because mm -hmm. you're like this person loves me, this person cares. So the worst thing you want is like, listen, mom, you've <laughs> never run a business. Don't tell me what to do. I know right? what to this do. That's right. This is uh, like the word. You're now being a jerk here, right? right your right. mother loves you. Your mother cares about you. Yes, she has no experience, but she's saying that because she loves you. So in that case, how do you respond? Very simple. Number one, polite. Number two, grateful. Mom, thank you very much for your criticism. I really understand this. You really love me and I really love you and I understand how much you care about me. And I will, let me think about this and I will let you know, right? One of the best advice is like this. You literally thank them for their criticism but then go on doing your own thing, right? Because you know the person's not qualified. And of course, if in those rare cases when a uh, basically a person who is qualified and who is giving you a constructive criticism, then I really believe the answer is just listen right away, man. Like, yeah. you know, this guy cares about you. He knows his stuff. Just immediately change, man. Just do what he does and get the same results. So these are the four approaches you can have when it comes to hearing any type of criticism. Now, Regarding the third one, I thought of some nuance that can happen, actually, and that is from the person who cares about you and does give you constructive criticism, but is not qualified, like your mom, your dad. Now, there is a scenario that I can think of, and so, so let's say my, my dad comes to me, and I'm running a business, I'm starting to run a business or whatever, and my dad comes to me and says, yeah, you don't know what you're doing, blah, 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 you're not disciplined enough to do this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you're right. This is not. This is this is from person who's who loves me. So I have to be respectful of that, and I have to appreciate that. And but he actually has a point. Maybe I am not qualified enough. Not like all of the other things that he said is essentially not not true. But I'm like, yeah, I might not be dis disciplined enough. Maybe this thing that that I'm doing takes more discipline than I. So I can still extract stuff out of it, even even if it. If that person, like, they might have so many wrong points, but randomly, even if you treat it as a chance, have one or two good points. You can still extract something out of it. So you can actually contemplate That's also great. Of course, that yeah. requires a lot of open-mindedness. Right, right. Like, yeah. To actually go inside and look at all of them. But takes more effort. Again, yeah. I really believe that our belief systems, yes, you're right. They say even, uh, you know, a watch, a dead watch with no battery is actually accurate twice per day, right? Exactly. So 
Uh, you're definitely right about this matter. That is, it's true. But I really believe that it's much better to be efficient. Mm -hmm. That is, if you, I mean, it's true that a watch, that a dead watch with <laughs> no battery is accurate twice. But if you really have it on your hands and you really want to count on that being accurate twice, that's not very efficient, man. Get a yeah, better no, watch. That's, that's Get a goddamn battery, right? That's not a... So because of this, uh, while you're right, it is true that we can sit around and analyze the entire ideas that your grandma told you about how World War II changed the world and that you should follow the same path. Well, yes, there's a lot of truth to that. But, dude, we got a life. We got to move on. I mean, this is the yeah. age of the Internet. This is the 21st century. So I'm not sure really that we should necessarily take the time and philosophize the whole thing and go through all the you know ins and outs and then make it like yes uh, based upon what i have done for the past uh, 27 days of research full time that i actually didn't sleep at night i realized that whatever the grandma said probably was about 97 inaccurate but there's three percent all right i mean dude come on it's not like that. so uh, i you know I, I it's pretty good uh, i don't like to like necessarily uh sometimes be close-minded but there are things that make things faster right so uh you do not have like stereotype here, but generally it's much better to uh, focus on learning in each field from the experts in that field. Mm -hmm. So maybe mommy is right about, for example, discipline, but is mommy an expert in discipline? If right. she's not, I prefer to learn about discipline from someone who is an expert on discipline, like a psychologist, a trainer, I don't know, an author who has done research in this regard, mm -hmm. right? Maybe mommy really has some great people experience and she has actually even met a lot of people. But if I really want to learn how to conduct my meetings, probably I need to go to an expert. So because of this, in the world that is more specialized than ever, thanks to the power of the Internet and the communications, we can easily reach and find experts in every single field. And there's no need for us to get, you know, gain information randomly from random people. Mm -hmm. And because of this, I'm a fan of just, you know, putting in the category, making it fast, boom, 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 and go through the process because that's going to save a lot of time. And usually, the, you know, the, the ideas that you get in this regard are far more accurate. Right. Now, I want to give an example of how I didn't treat a, the, treat a positive criticism. Let's uh, hear it. Right, rightly, yeah. I mean, it's an abstract example. It's not, I'm not going into details, but essentially, yeah. So, um a lot of times happens and again this is this is probably the most common thing at least for me but i think it's also the most common thing for everybody and that is the third category so people who you, who care about you and want good things about you but are exactly. not quite sure what they're saying or they don't have all the things right and that can be actually very demotivating so so you're like putting a lot of sweat and effort into this thing whatever the thing is you're doing or not doing rather i don't know whatever um and um and yeah all of a sudden somebody comes in so so first of all i like the the worst the worst behavior that i got was i got super defensive i got uh, some perhaps i got a little bit out of control i insulted the person a little so that's that's probably the worst thing you can do like first of all Absolutely. get defensive and and then damage a good relationship and that's 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 basically lose lose essentially you, you didn't gain anything he lost everything. So, um, so, so, so. That, I, why do I tell that example? Is uh, because um, so. First of all, you don't want to get defensive and all that, that that you mentioned. But even though I did do all those things later on, when I calmed down and I thought about it again, and I was like, yeah, I mean, this was not a specialized category, so it would actually qualify that I would listen to that person. Um, so, and I, and and there was some merit to it, but. 
This is where I was going with this. Now, a lot of criticisms can, whether good ones, bad ones, all of the four types of categories can be very demotivating, can actually affect your confidence, can affect your how sure you are about your plans. Let's say you're starting a business. Now, there are high risks, including uh, in starting a business and doing something uh, radically different than just being an employee, for example. Um, so how do you deal with that? Now, how do you not let that affect your confidence in what you're trying to do? How do you well, not start thinking, am I doing this right? Am I doing this wrong? What's happening? Panic. Absolutely. Well, first of all, this is a problem that happens to almost everybody. It's, this is not just you, and it happens to almost everyone in anything they do, basically, especially the things they are not, uh, not uh, very well good at overall, right? So uh, because of this, I believe that uh, your sense of self-esteem and self-confidence should not come from whether or not you're right most of the time, because no one really is, and humanity by its nature is imperfect, and that's why we love things like personal development and improvement and learning and growth. So uh, the real question is, unfortunately, that, that's the biggest problem. It goes way back to our uh, basically childhood, the way our parents treated us, the way our schools basically taught us how things should be. So since a young age, we've been taught that if I do it right, I will get a reward. And if I do it wrong, I'll get a punishment. And if I get a punishment, then I'm a bad student or a bad uh, child, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, because of this, we have this wrong attitude course, life as a whole that is unfortunately inflicting the majority of the world population, because this is like a, you know, a global epidemic. This is not just, you know, for uh, basically Dan or for Pujix or whatever. This happens to everybody. We have, we have all grown up in this system. This is called, let's call it the matrix of life. We have okay. all been born in that matrix, if you will. And there are always agent Smiths who are out there trying to stop the bad people so that they should behave in the proper way. Now, if you want to be the Neo of life, you have to understand that things are not exactly how the matrix wants you to know. And because of this, you should understand that uh, you, your self-esteem and your idea about yourself should not be rooted on other people's opinions or reactions. Now, that doesn't mean you should not give a shit. It's like, okay, well, Dan said you should not care. So no, you want the good results. But please understand this. Whatever criticism you receive, it's because you have done something wrong, which has prevented you from achieving whatever you wanted to achieve. But what is the whole purpose of achievement in life? So why should we achieve? Like, let's say, for example, you wanted to run a business and, uh, uh, and somehow you made a mistake. And then somebody who cared about you uh, gave you a bad, like, I told you not to run your business. Mm -hmm. you, you wasted two years of your life, right? For example, right? So in that case, what do you say? Like, yeah, mommy's right. I wasted two years of my life, man. So this is the worst thing possible. Why? Because in this case, you look at failure as something bad to be ashamed about. Yeah. Understand this. The very most, the, the happiest and the most successful around the world and throughout history have been people who simply did not believe in the word failure or mistake. In NLP, we say there are no failures, only feedbacks. And Feedbacks are basically necessary to adjust your behavior. The problem, unfortunately, with uh, the majority of the world population, and including our parents, our schooling system, is that we have grown up in a system with a fixed mindset. Mm -hmm. In a fixed mindset, we say, this A is correct. Like, uh, choose the correct options, A, B, C, D. And there's only one correct option. And if you don't pick the right option, you will fail that exam or question or test, right? This is how we have grown up, unfortunately. There's a right way to live, 
So you wake up at this time, you go to the school at this time, you get married at this time, you have your at this time, and you die at this time. So there's like the proper way to do everything, right? So in this closed, basically, uh, uh, way of thinking, in this closed minded way of thinking, and uh, uh, in this closed system, you somehow, uh, you do not have the chance to really do anything. And you will be wrong most of the time, because most of the things that you do are wrong. You see, just like, you know, a multiple choice exam, uh, exam like here, there are four options, only one is correct. So this means that the matrix of life is designed in a way where you walk through life feeling that you're wrong most of the time. And most of the time you will be wrong because you're not doing what the authority think you should be doing, right? And this, of course, has reasons. We're not going to, you know, dive deep into the matrix of life. Perhaps we actually have another show later on about this one. But there's a reason why this system has been internationally embedded along with things like consumerism and advertisement because they're designed to actually create slaves, but uh, in, in a very, you know, civilized way. But that's a whole different uh, subject altogether. But the point is this, uh, right now, we're in a, in a condition where we think that we are wrong most of the time. And this is embedded into us by our parents, by our conditioning, by the society. And that's why we feel bad when we hear criticism. But the problem is this, if you feel bad when you're criticized, then you will be criticized most of the time and you'll react even more negatively to it each time you hear it, right? On the other hand, once you moved, from a uh, basically closed mindset to a growth mindset, you understand that number one, the moment you achieve one good result, you need to set the next goal to achieve the next results. Which means whatever thing you think you will get by being right, the moment you get that thing for doing the right thing, you will then set another goal to get the next right thing. Which means life really isn't about being right, nor is it about achieving a specific thing. Life is about growing and enjoying this growth as much as possible and sharing that experience with other people as well, because life is not about me. It's about we. It's about the society as a whole. So with that being said, once you have this growth mindset, you realize, OK, I want to go from A to B. Oops. Oh, there's a there's a bumper here. Oh, my God. Boom. Oh, I broke this one as well. Right. So on the way to your goal, you'll make a lot of mistakes. Now, the school taught you that if you made a mistake, then you did the wrong thing. You need to simply get rid of that mindset once and for all and say, no. In growth mindset, failure does not exist. There's only feedback. For example, I'm from uh, I'm moving from A to B, and I try, boom, there's a bumper. I, I hit, I, let's say I hit the side, side of the road, right? That's not a mistake. That's a feedback that's telling me I'm not in the right way. Now, the world has taught you and has conditioned you through repetition to feel bad. But I promise you that if we were raised in a different world, where for making mistakes, we were not told, oh, you're an idiot, don't, don't do that. Instead, we've been told, you see, Sonny, that's a feedback. That means you should mm -hmm. not do it. Now do it this way. Who would have literally felt very different? So, frankly speaking, man, everybody, I mean, we live in a world where people are almost doing anything for the sake of earning the approval of other people, including, you know, risking their own lives, right? Uh, because of this, if you want to really get out of that negative uh, circle of, uh, basically, the vicious circle of just uh, being upset about what others said, you should understand that you need to move on from a closed mindset to a growth mindset. And in a growth mindset, you are never wrong. You're simply not right enough. And every negative feedback is just that, a feedback, not a failure. And when you fail, you are not a failure. You just receive the bad feedback. And because of this, you will then look at failure very differently. You see a failure as just a like, all right. So you don't say, Mom's right. I wasted two years of my life on a business. In that case, you say, well, I just earned two years of experience that taught me 
how to do things differently next time. Now, we all know this. I mean, this is not something new. Mm. This has happened to a lot. I mean, think of all the inventors, right? How many of them, basically? We, have, we all have heard the famous quote, I have not learned 1,000 ways not to make a light bulb, but 1,000 ways, uh, basically, uh, that it does not lead to a light bulb, right? So it's really about that mindset, is, is that people have had this mindset throughout history, but unfortunately, they belong to the minority, not the majority. And you want to be one of them. You want to understand that being wrong doesn't mean that you are a bad person. Being wrong means it's a feedback. When an airplane moves from, let's say, San Francisco to New York, that airplane is not on the same you know, direct path. It's adjusting the course all the time. There's turbulence. Let's go up and down. So the same goes with life in that as you're moving towards your next goal, you will inevitably have ups and downs. And those ups and downs could be sometimes very serious, like you'd have major losses. But that is part of the journey. And your, your goal is to enjoy the journey. And once you look at life from this perspective, from a growth mindset, where if I made a mistake, I can change my behavior and hopefully remove that mistake a little bit, then first of all, you will not feel bad about failing. And second of all, you will not feel offended when others criticize you because you understand that you like anybody else, is a work in progress all the time. So your sense of self-esteem doesn't come from being right, which is which doesn't happen to anybody, including me or you most of the time, but rather your sense of self-esteem and self-confidence is rooted in your self-love and more importantly, in your commitment and dedication to never give up on the way your goals. I really believe that if you just understand this, understand that uh, you develop that self-love and self-respect, and more importantly, tell yourself, no matter how many bad feedbacks I get, I will change my approach a little bit and try again. I promise you, the whole world can criticize you. You will never feel bad about it because you know that your self-esteem is not rooted in being right. It is rooted in making a mistake, hitting the floor, and getting up again. That is real self-esteem because no one can ever take that away from you. I think you hit it right on with uh, with how we were raised parenting, whatever. And I and I and I see the best parenting in the right way, which I'll say in a second. So essentially, what we're doing uh, in the majority of the the population is that when some let's let's talk about kids. When kids make a mistake, we are or or even doing good things. So reward and punishments are rooted like they're basically associated with the character of that that kid. So you did this thing wrong, not explicitly but implicitly because you're stupid uh, again nobody says that well most people don't say that explicitly but that's implied like why did you do that well no that's not the good way to to say that i, I even if you want to ask that question why did you do that there is a better way to ask it okay what made you think that's a good idea actually like let's let's go through this right and um and so so you're essentially attacking that that person's character so everybody gets defensive with the notion of um, criticism or 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 um, failure. Now, the same goes with with the reward system because a lot of times, like let's say I solved the math problem. Oh, you're so smart. I mean, that's not the best compliment because I have zero control over how smart I am. That was predetermined with my genes, and that's it. I have not actually done anything if I'm smart. I've done zero things, zero accomplishment, pure luck, nothing, zero, actual zero. Now. The good thing is, oh, you figured out how to do that. Good job, right? So, and I and I see that in like I I have a I I, I, I as a, a I tutor, so I teach high school students and whatnot. Sometimes younger, and and I see that with some parents are actually super good at this, and they're like 
enforcing the the kid the right way. And again, if the if the reward system is to work, the the idea is that if you do something right, now you get rewarded. If you do something right wrong, you you get punished. So you correct behavior. Now, if your if your reward is that that you're smart, then I don't have to do anything because being smart is inherent. So I'm never going to change anything because I don't have to because I'm just smart. And you see a lot of people fall into that trap of being smart, um, quote unquote, meaning that um, uh, and they they start believing that and they 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 stop doing everything. And a lot of you see a lot of of smart people that are actually not achieving a lot of things because they're just lazy or they just had everything so super simple because they were smart, actually. And they didn't have to do anything. I mean, dude, I have this so I because sometimes real people like give you some compliments, like, "Hey, dude, you're so smart." Uh, you know, it's like, "Oh, thank you very much." Dude, I see why even talking about being smart is actually because being smart is not is nothing. No. I know a lot of dumb people who have ever. I mean, come on, take a look at the person in the United States, man. He's not a very smart person, <laughs> but he's very successful. I mean, come on, we talk a, a lot against this guy, but he's very successful. So yeah. it's not about uh, being smart. It's about doing the right things. We have we have put so much emphasis on being smart again because of our schooling system and all that stuff. We have forgotten that it's not about being smart. And more importantly, being smart doesn't mean being right all the time. Being yeah. smart means you learn fast, dude, and that's all that it that, that it takes to be smart. And ultimately, because of this, we we are putting so much value on being right instead of living the right way. And the right way is to learn, to grow, and to understand that you will fail. It's it's mm-hmm. totally normal. No one has taught us that it's totally okay. Gary Vee says, when I'll be 56, I feel like I'm starting all over again, and it, it feels wonderful because he's a growth mindset. He could lose everything tomorrow, and for him, it's still going to be the same life because he can now keep learning and keep growing because that's the focus, right? The key here is mindset. You want to have that growth mindset to realize that it doesn't matter that if you made a mistake 10 times in a row. It doesn't matter if you tried and you failed. What matters is what you learn from it and what are you going to do next time differently. Again, we talked about this earlier. Uh, I'm not a fan of banging your head against the same wall over and over. Say, well, Daniel said never give up. All right. So you should learn, get the feedback, say, ouch, th- this this hurts, man. I better, I better try something else. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Else. But guess what? If you try something else, does that mean it's going to work immediately? Of course not. Maybe you have to try something else for years before you get the results, right? So the point is this. How do you keep that? That's the mindset. You know that this is my right as a human being to make mistakes, to learn from them, and to move on. And that's exactly what we should teach our children, to teach everybody, basically. But that takes a lot of time to be emotionally internalized because on a very deep subconscious level, we all have that fear of, Mm -hmm. I made a mistake. What if mommy finds out? What if my teacher knows I didn't do my homework? You see, we have all, at a very young age, we've all been internalized with these junk, stupid ideas. And obviously, if we want to get rid of those, we have to work on ourselves. And hopefully, podcasts like this will allow us to do just that. Yeah, and as you mentioned, some some of these go really back. Like, what if I'm shunned from the tribe? And that's inherent in our genes. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's right. So, So true. Yeah. Anyways, um, we are coming to the end of the show. So um, is there anything you want to wrap up the show with? That's right. Well, first of all, I want to thank you so much for the, sh- uh, you know, for the show. It's a very, very great topic. And as we mentioned earlier, we have four major types of criticism uh, based upon whether or not the person is doing that from a you know friendly uh, perspective or a basically uh, 
uh, from a, awesome. uh, let's say, hating perspective. So uh, we said that there are four major types that, of uh, criticism coming from a hater, but a person who knows his stuff coming from a hater who does not know his or her stuff coming from somebody who cares about you, but doesn't know her, his or her stuff and coming from somebody who cares about you and knows his or her stuff. And we said uh, that there are four ways to respond to them. Basically, if that criticism comes from somebody who uh, basically uh, want to give you a destructive criticism, the best response is to remain non-reactive and not give him or her the pleasure of actually seeing you fall. So in that case, turn around, make a joke about it, act cool, don't bother and move on. But if that hater knows his stuff, Pretend you didn't give a shit about what he or she said, but later think about it and perhaps even adjust and change your behavior. On the other hand, if the criticism comes from somebody who cares about you, your response is always grateful and thankful because you say this person has good intentions. So I'm grateful. You literally thank that person for that criticism. Like, thank you very much. I think you really care about me. But if the person doesn't know his or her stuff, then we stop right there. We thank them. We move on. and We keep doing our damn thing. All right. And of course, if the person loves you and knows his stuff, dude, yes, sir, I'm going to change right now. Let's go. Let's do it. Because that way you will get a, a lot, basically, better results. And ultimately, uh, we talked uh, a little bit about the matrix of life and how we have been conditioned to fear failure and mistakes. And the key to not react negatively to any type of criticism, whether from uh, basically lovers or haters, you want to actually understand that you are not supposed to be right all the time. And that your self-esteem should be rooted not in other people's approval or you being right, because you will neither earn most people's approval nor you will be right most of the time, no matter how smart you, you think you might be. But instead, in your own belief in how much you value yourself and more importantly, in the uh, strong discipline of never giving up no matter how many times you feel uh, that you are uh, on the wrong path. And in this way, you will have what we call authentic, unconditional self-esteem that no one can take away from you. Lovely. And let's do it. Let's uh, make Matrix of Life episode soon. Definitely, and, uh, my man. Yeah, that, that sounds uh, sure. like, like a good topic. All right. For sure. um, thank you. Thank you again for joining us. My pleasure, buddy. And thank you for listening. And have a good one. Take care.